0: Uh, welcome to Command of Her Own, a Star Trek
1: podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin. And I'm your host, Jen. This week, we're discussing the 2013 film Gravity, starring Sandra Bullock, George Clooney, and Ed Harris. Um, I'm going to try my best with the names of the writer-director. It was written by Alfonso Cuaron and Jonas Cuaron and directed by Alfonso Cuaron. So, they're a father-son team. Alfonso is the father, and Jonas is his son. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And this was suggested to us by um, Laura at Laura underscore S. Barry on Twitter. Way back when we were initially getting ideas from people. Thank you for the recommendation, Laura. Now, there's been a little bit more news about Star Trek Discovery. I can't even keep things straight
0: anymore. Oh, really? Since we have two weeks between episodes now, when we started today, I was like, did we even talk about Picard last time? How long ago was that? I
1: don't even know anymore. We did talk about Picard last time. No one has sent us their concepts for a Picard show, or we may have gotten one tweet about it. Um, I've seen a few other really funny ones. Um... The one that keeps uh, popping up in my head is that it's like, it's 20 years later, he's in a winery, it's set in France, and, okay, it's just, it's like the Great British Bake Off, but with wine in France and Picard, okay? (laughs) And I was like, I know a lot of people who would watch the hell out of that, so. Um, So yeah, that one was pretty funny. Um, I've seen some speculation that it'll be like, Oh, maybe they'll they'll talk... Because in the finale for Next Generation, mm-hmm. in one timeline, he was married to Dr. Crusher. Mm-hmm. And so people were like, wouldn't it be cool if this was like the, their marriage? And I was like, no, they're not going to do that. <laughs> it's a cool idea. Yeah. Uh, a lot of fans would love it, but I don't think they'll do that. But if you have ideas for what the Picard show you would like to see are, you can send them to us on Twitter or by email. Um, what unresolved next-gen or Deep Space Nine or Voyager things would you like them to explore with this? I just
0: want it to be him at a school. At a school? Yeah. As a teacher, you know, working those Professor X jobs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anything else, It it would just be too much. Okay. I would even prefer it if he's not the main character. If he's more of, like, you know, the Dumbledore.
1: That has been one of the ideas where it's just like you see him at the beginning and or at the end sort of setting up assignments and things mm-hmm. for other people and like he's who they come and talk to for ideas and suggestions and guidance, but it's not mostly about him. I would be okay with him like being a little bit more involved than that, like, but not mm.
0: the main character, you
1: know, he's had his time. Right. Yeah. See, I could see them going almost like a political or legal drama style. Mm-hmm. Showing, like, the, the back admiralty and hierarchy of Starfleet. That might be interesting. Or because he's also very interested in archaeology. So they could even go with almost like a, he's a mentor to an Indiana Jones type explorer archaeologist. Like, they could go... A million directions with this. Mm-hmm. So, so it's too bad we have to wait. Probably a I know. long while.
0: Probably. Alright, that's uh, actual this week's announcements.
1: Yes. So Kate, you found this one. The first
0: one. The redesigning of the Klingons, I did. See, this is what I'm saying, but the two weeks I don't even remember.
1: <laughs> now, in the article that you sent me, they didn't actually say any details about the redesign. Just that we're going to see a redesign of the Klingons. Right, yes. And the way they're framing it is that because the Klingons have different houses and they are like an uh, an empire spread across multiple planets, that this has shifted the style or evolution or both so that the Klingons can look different depending on what house or what planet they're from. That makes sense, I guess. Yeah, I think it does make sense. So... Um, I'm looking forward to seeing what they come up with. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, I'm sure we will start to see some teaser images as we get more into fall and they get closer to their season two launch. I guess we shall see. Mm Mm-hmm. 2019. It's around the corner. I know it doesn't feel like it for you, but. Oh, no, I'm happy about this. I I like, I'm
0: eager for summer to be over and done with, and for the rain (laughs) to return and to save
1: us all. Yes. Uh, The other announcement was a casting announcement, Mm -hmm. and I asked last week if anybody had speculation or who they'd want to play the new Spock, and well, we didn't have much time to speculate because they've announced it now. I don't like it. Ethan, you don't like it? No, he's too good looking. <laughs> but like okay. not in a way that I
0: even enjoy, you know. Okay. You can you can say <laughs> his name now, sorry. <laughs> okay.
1: So Kate's talking about Ethan J Peck. And he is known for In Time, the 2011 movie. This He's quote unquote known. He, yes, quote unquote known. I'm just listing some roles. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was in The Sorcerer's Apprentice in 2010, and he was in 10 Things I Hate About You in 2009. Not the and... movie.
0: This was like a failed TV show.
1: Oh, okay, good. I'm glad you said that yeah. because I didn't get a chance to do much more research into it. And I was like, all the since since I read the announcements and I read the, the credit, I was like, who was he in that? Because like, i had seen his picture and I was trying to picture him as like all the people from the movie, and I was like, I know it's not him, I know it's not him. I was super confused. Um, He's also done some voice acting in the Halo 4 and 5 video games. Have you played those ones? I have played Halo 4. Uh, I can't remember the voices (laughs) really remarkably well. Nice. But, uh, yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: I mean, I think he is most famous for being the grandson of Gregory Peck.
1: Oh, okay. That's where he gets his two handsome good looks from. Yeah. I think he kind of has a Spock-like look to him. Sure. But, yeah, we'll see how his performance is. To be fair, I guess all the pictures I've
0: seen of him, he has, like, messy hair. You know, like... The you know, effortlessly tussled, handsome man look. Yeah. Which, and he's just very not not Spock. So I guess I'll need to see him all Spocked up. Mm-hmm.
1: With the straight hair and the ears and a uniform or Vulcan robes. I don't know. We'll see how we find him. Yeah. So far, though, not not my first choice. I am I suck at casting. hmm like, I'm I'm really bad at it, so I, I can't really comment. That's fair. Shall we... Today's movie, Gravity. Yes. Your choice, so you go. It, it was my choice. Okay, I really enjoyed this movie. Okay. It was uh, beautifully put together. Mm-hmm. And I don't just mean that in the visual way things were done. Mm-hmm. I was so curious about how it was put together. I did watch some of the extras and things like that. Yeah. And just the way that the story and how they didn't compromise on any of the technical details when it was like, okay, well, we're going to film this and it's impossible. Yeah. And then instead of just being like giving up and waiting for something else, they were like... No, let's try all these different things, and let's invent new ways to do things, Mm -hmm. and let's absolutely not compromise one iota on our vision. So, like, when I say it's beautifully done, it's all those aspects are beautifully done. This is my sort of problem with this film, because
0: can I objectively say that it was beautiful and fabulous and really, really good? Absolutely. Did I enjoy being stressed out for an hour and a
1: half? No. No, I didn't. I didn't at all. But see, that was also beautifully done. I, they they carried that through the whole movie. Yep. Yeah. And I was not a fan. Okay.
0: Like yeah. I don't know. I feel two completely different ways about this movie. In that I liked it, but also <laughs> I would never ever have chosen to watch this.
1: Okay. But you had watched this before I picked it.
0: No, I just knew how it ended.
1: Oh, I just okay. Knew, I, a friend
0: had talked to me about it, so I knew things about it. But I had never oh. seen it before.
1: Okay. Well, I'm sorry for the <laughs> stressful ride. <laughs> I didn't even know it was going to be that stressful. I was just
0: like, oh, God, oh, God. This is, like, why I don't watch horror movies.
1: I thought it was going to be more sedate as well. Like, I, I, I knew it was set in space, and I was sort of wondering if it was going to be more of, like, An Apollo 13 ride where, like, you have some time when they're getting ready for the mission and you have them going and it's a little bit of, like, rah-rah these heroes Mm -hmm. and then something happens and they have to figure it out. But, yeah, aside from, like, a, a short, short bit at the beginning where they're already in space and a few little short relief moments... The rest of the 90 minutes is like, oh, God, oh, God, what's going to happen? Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah. I think my favorite
0: bit of the film is when, like, Sandra Bullock is, like, clinging to the side of a spaceship after a tense moment, and then it's just like,
1: I hate space. <laughs> yes, that was, a, that was a good moment. <laughs> um, Yeah. And I haven't watched all the special features, but I'll... I'll Wonder if she like threw that in there. Um, or if that was scripted. I feel like it was probably scripted. I mean, writers yeah. know what they're doing. Well, Good true. writers
0: know what they're doing.
1: Yeah, and they stayed very true to the script as written. Mm-hmm. Like, they had storyboarded it out. And uh, stayed very true to all the visuals as it was written. And that's one of the things they talk about in the special features, how the visual part of the story does a lot of the storytelling for you and how they were thinking of the earth as a character mm-hmm. and they were paying c- close attention to um, where they wanted to be in their orbit when certain things were happening in the story Interesting. and how they wanted the earth to look and the light reflecting off of the earth and how that was going to impact the mood of the scene. And like, yeah, just, incredible detail was and it took four and a half years to make this Jeez, yeah it's a lot of time
0: well movies do generally take quite a while but for for what is essentially a 90-minute psychological thriller that's a lot of mm-hmm. time
1: mm-hmm. and i think one of the reasons they make it so successfully into a thriller is that You are in basically one character. Yeah. That whole time. And it's the real time unfolding of events. Pretty close. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I didn't enjoy all the times that you like get up in her helmet and you can hear her breathing. And it's like from her point of view. And it's like, oh, I can't do
1: this. Nope, nope, nope. (laughs) You don't want to be an astronaut. No.
0: (laughs) It's scuba diving. (laughs) No, shit, no, no. Both of those things are a strange combination of, like, claustrophobia and agoraphobia all in one thing. And it's like, you just, like, one thing goes wrong and you're dead. No thank you. Mm. That's true. Not for Caitlin. It's not for me either. (laughs) I mean, I like the idea of going into space and seeing everything, like, seeing space. Amazing. But...
1: The reality of it is not for me. They mention at one point that she did six months of training. Mm -hmm. And for me watching her up there after six months of training, I was like, oh my God, oh my God, how can she be doing that after only six months of training? Yeah. Her character was really impressive. I did did like her quite a bit. I mean, I like Sandra Bullock. Mm -hmm. Sandra Bullock is a really
0: good actress and... I've seen her in really good movies, and I've seen her in some really terrible movies, and she's, like, I, I always enjoy her.
1: Yes. What movies of hers have you seen? I know you've seen Ocean's 8, uh, which I have not seen yet. Okay, hold on, hold on. Because I've seen some more of her more uh, older movies, like Speed. The best movie ever, yep. <sighs> I didn't know you were a fan of Speed. I
0: love that movie so just uh, okay okay uh, uh while you were sleeping i quite enjoy that movie yeah i yeah i i own that one okay mm-hmm. so some every fall two friends and i have a sandra bullock night where we watch <gasps> really? speed while you were sleeping and practical magic
1: oh yeah i've seen practical magic as well okay so i've seen love
0: potion number nine um oh. i've seen a time to kill uh, mm-hmm. I think I've seen Hope Floats, but I despised it, so I think I always, like, turn it off in the middle. Miss Congeniality, I don't know why, but I haven't seen Miss Congeniality too. No particular reason, just haven't. Crash, Crash is really good. Um, what else so the first? The Lake House is the one that's despicable. Don't ever see that. Oh. Um Okay. I never did see The Blind Side. Uh, I have now seen Gravity. Mm-hmm. No. Oh, The Heat. Oh, The Heat. That's hilarious. You should see that one. That's like okay. a buddy cop movie with her and
1: Melissa McCarthy. It's great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I saw it at the the DVD rental store in my neighborhood. That's yeah, good. I forget that you have that. That's insane.
0: I know. And Ocean's 8. None of these other films are...
1: are what's the word? Jumping out at me. Those are the ones I've seen. Okay, I've, I've seen less of the ones you've seen. But I always enjoy her performance as well. Mm. Did she let? She was a dancer. I did not know that. Yeah. They bring that up in the special features for um, how they did some of her movements and how nice it was to work with her. Mm. Because as a dancer, of course, you're aware of where your body is moving through space and things like that. Mm -hmm. And studied ballet. All that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah. I'm on her
1: Wikipedia page. Yeah. So I thought her her physicality in the role was excellent as well. Yeah.
0: Oh, The Net. I've seen The Net, which is a hilarious. Oh, I've seen that too. <laughs> you, it, watching it now? Oh my god, it's so good. I mean terrible, but good. I highly recommend anybody who hasn't seen a 90s based fear of the internet thriller. Oh god. It's fabulous. Yes, I would second that. <laughs> Anyways, sorry. I love Sandra Bullock, and forgive her for all the bad movies
1: that she's done, because she's amazing. Now, the movie doesn't technically pass the Bechdel test, Mm -hmm. but I think since there's only like two characters, and way more of the movie is just her, that it gets a pass on that.
0: Yes. I mean, we didn't see two men speak to each other, really, either.
1: Oh, that's true. Aside from, like, speaking with ground control, Mm -hmm. which was Ed Harris. Which I thought was a really nice nod to Apollo 13. Uh, Yes, yeah. So, like, aside from... I I mean, she speaks to two other men. There's the guy who's initially on the mission with them, Mm -hmm. who is killed right away. Mm Mm-hmm. Sharif. And then she makes radio contact with a random person on Earth who doesn't speak English... Yep. And that's it. Yeah.
0: I'm I'm glad it was a pretty short movie because mm-hmm. if it had been a long one, I don't know that I could have done it mm-hmm. with the stress and the lack of people and that stuff.
1: Right. Do you think this movie qualifies as a sci-fi movie? Because I watched it and I was like, oh, that was great. And then I was like, I don't think that was science fiction. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I mean, it's a fictional story because m- multiple space stations orbiting Earth end up getting destroyed, which is not yeah. has not happened. See, I think of it more as like a psychological thriller,
0: which doesn't yeah. necessarily stop it from being sci-fi. I just don't think of it as being sci-fi.
1: Mm-hmm. Now the story also does a lot of metaphor. Mm-hmm. Um watching the extra features and listening to Alfonso speak about it, it was really a metaphor for life and it even has a sort of like bookend beginning and end moment because at the beginning of the film there's a spark part where she's like literally spinning out of control. Mm-hmm. And gets, she's, like, drifting away in space. Yeah. And the whole rest of the movie is her trying to get back to Earth, which they characterize as, like, a Mother Earth. She's struggling to be reborn. hmm And find her way and correct her course in the face of never-ending adversity. And they even talked about how there are events that come up, that try and like, uh, you know, our natural instinct to them. So there's this debris cloud that's created in space. And this is what precipitates the disaster because when debris hits you in space, it can do a lot of damage. And it's rotating the Earth on a 90 minute cycle. Mm-hmm. And so they're talking about how like adversity comes up and our instinct or inclination is to like, Go inward and be put into this bubble. and But it just keeps coming around again. Mm. And she has to do something to get out of that cycle. And be reborn from it. Right. And there's even a few moments in the film. Like there's the... Uh, probably the scene everyone's seen from it. Because it was heavily marketed when the movie came out. But it's where she's floating. And um uh, she's in just not her she's in the airlock so she's just in like a tank top and little shorts right she's floating unconscious in a fetal position and there's even like a cable or a cord floating behind her that looks like an umbilical cord right yeah so they leaned into this imagery and then at the end of the movie so spoilers if you haven't seen it mm-hmm. but um she ends up swimming up out of water and crawling onto the land uh, and, like, taking her first new steps on two legs. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it was just so well done.
0: It was it was very beautiful, the whole film. Yeah. This did not mean that I was not completely stressed out the entire time.
1: Now, Kate, they wanted people to feel going out of the film like you could take on anything like to do the thing to not waste your time to don't like to not let the, the setbacks and adversities hold you in your bubble, but to break free and, and be your own person and chart a new path. Mm-hmm. Did you feel that coming out of the movie? Or Well,
0: Jen, <laughs> I finished watching the movie at 4am this morning. So then I went to sleep. Okay so
1: how about you how did you feel afterwards um well i watched the movie and i knew there was probably a whole bunch of like visual thematic things i missed mm-hmm. so i wanted to immediately re-watch the movie right but i didn't have time when i finished it because it was you know m- my normal bedtime is a lot different than kate's <laughs> yeah so it was like 9 30 when i finished it So that's why I put on the the special uh, features and watched all the, com like, I didn't get through all of it because there's quite a lot of commentary and things like that. Um, So that's when I watched a lot of the uh, interviews and I was so captivated I stayed up too late because I was like, oh, I'll just watch a bit of it. And then the next, I had hit play all. So they just kept coming up and I was like, okay, after this segment, I'm totally going to turn it off. (laughs) I love Smith. Like pictures. an hour later, I was like, "Okay, no, I, I need
0: sleep." Yeah. Um, I don't know that it really. So here's my thing: is that I genuinely believe that Sandra Bullock can do anything.
1: So, okay. You know, so I'm like, yeah, it's Sandra Bullock. Of course, she can do it. <laughs> but she was also struggling with her own internal tragedy. No. Yeah. Um, yeah. So did you? Did you buy into her own psychological suffering? Yes.
0: I thought she got over it pretty quick, but yes. Like she, I, I, I feel like they were playing up this whole, you know, this is what has been plaguing her for years. And then she mm-hmm. had kind of a, a five minute vision and she was like, wait, all my problems are solved. I want to live. Right, but so you thought that was resolved a little too quickly. I feel like they didn't show her doing any work for it. You know what I mean? Hmm. But I still, okay. re- I still liked how it played out. So it's not necessarily a criticism so much as it was just like, well, okay.
1: Yeah, I had a little bit of a different issue with it. My thought was, if this was really where she was psychologically. Would she have passed screening to go on a mission like this? Because if she's not psychologically ready and she messes up, she could jeopardize the other people's lives as well. Right. So, and I don't know how NASA works. I don't know how their screening works. She wasn't in NASA. She was there as a computer specialist. Yeah, they don't go into that too much. They- She's installing something at the beginning, and she's Dr. Ryan Stone. It could just be that it
0: was the type of, like, it was like a normal psychological thing that, you Mm -hmm. know, the problems in it didn't manifest until she was in these situations.
1: That's true. But I think they do try and give you some stress tests. Yeah. To see how you're going to handle it.
0: Although, I mean... Most of the stress parts I think she handled fine. Like, I mean, getting taking five minutes to get her bearings while she's spinning out of control, like, sucks because that's a lot of wasted time. But, Mm. I mean, I would not have been able to get myself under control. I would have just been like, well, I'm dead. Yeah, that's fair. (laughs) So, I don't know. I mean, she did always – she was always working towards living. So, I guess it wasn't so much that she wanted to die – I just thought how she was suddenly she se- she suddenly seemed okay with the fact that her daughter was dead, and I just thought that that was sort of a weird thing to throw in or not okay, but you know not not consumed with it.
1: My take on it was that it had to do with another layer of the movie where they were talking about telling a story. Mm-hmm. Because her character, it's clear, she doesn't want to talk about it, and she's given a foil with Matt Matt Kowalski, Mm -hmm. um, who the entire time, he's just telling story after story after story. Did I ever tell you about the mission where we blah, 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 and he's just always telling stories. Mm -hmm. And telling our story is how we process things.
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: And so I feel like her character is being pushed in the movie to tell more and more of her story. And that she has, like, a cathartic release moment after enough has been done. And then by the end of the movie, she starts telling a story. Yeah. Like, she's kind of, like, broken free of the silence that she's put herself in. Like, even when she says she commutes. Yeah. Like... She doesn't listen to talking. She doesn't want to hear people talking. She just wants music. So it's like her transformation through the storytelling process. Yeah. I loved that layer as well, because I like it when we comment on the power of story within a story. I I did like that.
0: Yes. I don't know. It just sort of felt like I I, I liked it. And I hear what you're saying. It just sort of felt out of the blue when she suddenly was okay with that part of her past. Mm. But from that point of view it was nice.
1: You know, from a from a storytelling yeah. point of view it worked. Mhm. That acceptance of her mm-hmm. personal tragedy. And then did you want me to talk about the production elements a bit? Um, sure. Okay. I wanted to kind of put this at the end just in case there's people out there who don't like the movie magic to be broken. If you want to stop listening or skip ahead until we get past that, I thought I'd just put that little warning out there. So, to film a movie that's set entirely in space, where they're floating, they ran into problems right away. So, they did test out using uh, the Vomit Comet, in quotes, uh, which is what they call the plane that they use to simulate zero-g where the plane basically like goes steeply up and then turns and does a dive. Mm-hmm. And so they they tested that out with some of the stunt people, but they quickly realized that they wanted long shots. Yeah. In the movie like that was very important for how the movie looked and the development of character and the suspense and everything like that. And they talk about how they very carefully use the shots and they end the shot when it's done its job. But when you are on the Vomit Comet, the most you get is like 20 seconds where you could have usable footage. And then there'd have to be a cut. And some of their scenes are minutes long. So they knew that wasn't going to work. And they... So they did a combination of things. So it's pretty cool. Uh, when you're, they're doing the movie, I guess there's uh, an animation uh, visualization ...that they do for the first bit of the movie, fairly typically. And they had done this animation. And what they realized they had were going to have to do... ...was basically animate the entire thing... ...and then overlay scenes with actors. So they had to do this pre-visualization computer animation. Mm-hmm. They had to run the dialogue timing and everything... And then to get the actors to make the motions necessary, they realized they weren't going to be able to do it with actors on standard rigs. So they put the camera as well on a rig and they actually used the machines like that are used to build cars mm-hmm. that can like move and they've got a fairly large radius that they can go over top and around and spin fairly smoothly. Mm-hmm because they could simulate some of the movement of the character by instead moving the camera around the person. Right. So they did that. And then they realized they were going to have some lighting challenges. So they built what they call the light box, which is basically like a a box that the actors went into that was like TVs, LED lights. And so they could put up a background image of light and they could simulate the earth. They could have like any sort of light and they could control it and move it very quickly. Interesting. And then inside that, the actors were in a tilt rig. So they were secured from the waist down in one of those gyro rigs that can spin you all different directions. Mm-hmm. And then they'd have the camera outside, and everything had to be incredibly precisely timed. So, like, when she's spinning out in space that is partly done by her being whipped around in this gyro rig and the camera following her and sometimes spinning around her and the lights and everything behind her being coordinated exactly precisely to get the shadow and light perfectly of her facing the sun away from the sun, facing the sun away from the sun. And then they overlaid her face onto the animation of the character doing that. Interesting. And then for some of the other scenes, they used a wire rig. But because of the um, the standard motion that you would get on a wire rig, you sort of get a pendular swing sometimes, yeah. which doesn't happen in space. So they constructed a new harness system that used three strings for every point that it was attached to her body, mm-hmm. which nullified... Um, any back and forth motion as it moved her around. Then they also hired puppeteers to partly move her body around in addition to being in this harness.
0: This must have been fun for Sandra Bullock. <laughs>
1: and I say that very sarcastically. Um, they, they made a, a, a light sign above the, the light box that said, Sandy's box, and in the special features, they they filmed her like walking in and seeing it, and she just cracked up laughing. Um, she was apparently a really good sport, and in a, a bunch of the special feature moments, they actually had her saying like, "Oh well, you know, if I'm if I'm working over here," because they'd already animated all of the the body positions. Okay, and so. She'd be like, well, if I'm, like, working over here, does it make sense that my head is turned this way? Or should it be turned this way to be looking at this point? Because they had, like, visual marks for her to look at and everything. And so when it made sense to change things, they did change things for following what suggestions she made. And uh, this is, you can see where her background as a dancer would be important. Because, like, knowing marks and placements and Things like that is important in dancing as well. Yeah. So. This reminds me of actually what I found the most
0: unbelievable part of the movie, is that uh-huh. uh, she never threw up.
1: Oh, I know. At so many points, I was like, I would be throwing up right yep. now. <laughs> yeah. Um, they realized pretty early on for when she was doing the movie that she was going to have to train very hard, because her body was sometimes being thrown around really violently. Yeah. And so they didn't focus as much on, like, cardio and keeping sleek as they focused on core strength and things like that to protect her back. Um, and to allow it a sense of realism as she has to, like, wrench an airlock open. Yeah. Which I, I thought showed fairly well. Like, she looked like she was physically strong in the movie.
0: Yeah. I, I can't imagine the insurance nightmare
1: that must have been to not be having a <gasps> double do all that stuff. There was a stunt double for some okay. of it, um, but for certain things, you needed to see her face. Yeah. Um, so, and then they would take what they filmed and overlay it on the animation of everything and fill in the background scenery and... Uh, The light box was really revolutionary for them because it basically let them put on a screen what she would be seeing around her. Right. So she would know where she's looking. Like, it's a natural reaction if something is coming up there that she's supposed to look at. She would naturally move her head there. And, yeah, I was just amazed at all the technical details and the cinematographer working Um, he was always, like, tweaking the light to get it just right, and I just, I'm totally blown away. Yeah, the cinematography in this was was beautiful. Yeah. And the cinematographer has worked with,
0: um, Alfonso before. Alfonso does seem like one of those people who gets his team and has his team with him, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um. Who was the cinematographer on this?
1: They call him... Chivo. I remember that, but I'm sure his full name is something longer. Oh, I'll tell more details about the uh, wire rig she was in. Uh, They basically had, like, a puppeteer control for Mm -hmm. it, because it was attached to her at three points on her body. And then they had this little handheld control device that showed all the points, and they could manipulate them all and twist them and pull them up and down and uh, move her like a puppet. And then they also had the XY axis where they could move where she was positioned in relation to the set pieces she was working on. Interesting. Uh, yeah. So I was I was really amazed. At, and, and they hired actual puppeteers for a couple of scenes. And... They had to go and be below her and sometimes, like, supporting limbs with poles with, like, uh, padded U-cup things. Um, Like, holding an arm up and moving things over in different directions. And uh, they said it was really great working with Sandra as well. And I think that they mentioned at one point that the puppeteers also had dancer training. Okay. So they were kind of all speaking the same language when it came to moving a body around.
0: Interesting. So yeah, the cinematographer's done some stuff that is very nice looking. I'm mostly actually just finding out all these other things that Alfonso's directed that I didn't know he directed.
1: So have you seen something else that he's done? Uh, I've apparently
0: seen a lot that he's done. Um, Okay. So he directed A Little Princess from 1995. Oh. He directed Mm -hmm. Great Expectations from 98. Mm Mm-hmm. I've seen um obviously I've seen uh Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban uh Mm -hmm. Children of Men uh which I mean if you ever want to watch a really good film that's gonna depress the shit out of you Children of Men okay I think that's it and uh, all of those had the same cinematographer okay I think that's all the
1: Alfonso films I've seen. Okay, so the cinematography is listed by Emmanuel Lubezki. Yeah. Um, but in the special features, they just kept calling him Chivo. I guess that's a nickname. Which... And yeah, I'm looking at his picture now. It's definitely the guy. Yeah. So, amazing work. Yeah. Yeah, it was a very beautiful film.
0: I did also enjoy... There was a strong sort of juxtaposition of like the, the scientific uh, and technological, what is the word I'm looking for? Advances, I suppose that, that humans have made Mm -hmm. advances is not the word I am trying to find, but like these amazing things that we have done versus like, there was also a lot of religious imagery and in stuff in the film. So there was Mm -hmm. a lot of, the juxtaposition
1: of the two. Like human invention. Slash, uh,
0: like faith and, right. and just like the beauty of the natural world and how that can be uh, faith inspiring. Right. Because in each, like she gets into two different shuttles or whatever they're called, escape pods. I don't even know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they both have a little religious symbol of two different religions in the exact same place.
1: I had missed that. Because one has
0: Jesus and one has Buddha.
1: Oh, I'd seen the Buddha statue. I think. uh, In the Chinese one. But I had missed the picture of Jesus. I do believe it was Jesus. Um,
0: And then there is the bit where she talks about praying. Mm, Yeah, to say a prayer for me. And then Mm. I think the last thing that we hear... Uh, Kowalski say is just to comment on the beautiful view, before he sort of oh, drifts yeah. off.
1: Mm-hmm. The sun reflecting off the Ganges. I yeah. um, need
0: yeah. the themes of like um, of of Mother Earth. That that's sort of a spiritual connection. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. so I found that interesting and well well done. It's sort of subtly done. You know, it wasn't, like, hitting you in the face with it.
1: That's right. Yeah. And it wasn't coming down one way or the other. Yeah. On it. It wasn't any, like, obvious plot mechanism where she says a prayer and then a machine whirs to life or, you know, something silly like that. it was just about
0: both Mm -hmm. and,
1: and I guess, I guess the beauty of both. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoyed that. Yeah. It was, it was good. Yeah, and in the end, she sort of had to trust that the human invention was going to work the way it was designed to and just have faith in that. Oh my god, when she
0: landed on Earth and the thing started filling up with water, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> I just want to not be stressed out for two goddamn seconds.
1: <laughs> At least it was a lake and not the ocean, I guess. because like she landed on the bottom. yeah, I, if it
0: stopped sinking the ocean, it might have floated though, because things float better in salt water. I don't know.
1: Yeah. well, she wouldn't have been able to escape the fire if the water hadn't come in. Yeah. anyways, I'm glad I'm glad she lived. That would have been a yes. shitty movie
0: if she died at the end.
1: Yes. Yes. There was one moment where I thought she was going to die. Which was? Um, Where she was actually having the vision. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And I was like, I was like, what? There's someone there. And then I'm like, no. Oh, okay. Well, now she's dead. (laughs) Was like my reaction as I watched the movie. I was like, okay, well, you opened the the hatch. (laughs) While she doesn't have a helmet on, you just killed her. But it was fine. She did not actually die. That is also like
0: there's a person's biggest fear. Like, there's no way I'm ever going to be in space. But the idea of somebody knocking on the outside of your spaceship, like, <laughs> oh, ho, 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 that's terrifying.
1: It's quite a story. Yeah. yeah. Um. The only person character we haven't talked about is Matt Kowalski, George yeah. Clooney. Is Did it? you enjoy this performance?
0: So I don't really like George Clooney, so I'm glad he wasn't in this that much. <laughs> really,
1: you yeah. don't like George Clooney? I don't.
0: The crinkly eyes don't. Uh, and he does warm your heart. It, I I think if he were just sort of known as like, yeah, he's a good actor. That's that's fine. He wouldn't bother me so much. But because everybody I know loves the man, I'm just like I'm over this asshole so much. <laughs> okay. So I don't know. It, I he's never struck me as particularly that good of an actor. He's not good looking to me, so I don't I don't get it. I, he does seem like he's one of the few like genuinely good guys in Hollywood, so I'll give him that.
1: Right? But yeah. Other than that, I'm just like I don't I don't care for you at all, sir. He is one of those people who is seems to have a natural, genuine charm and charisma to him. I don't like that in people. <sighs> okay. <sighs> I like the awkward, weird ones. (laughs) I don't have strong feelings about him one way or the other. I thought his performance in this was good. Yeah, I'm glad he wasn't in it for very long. I haven't seen any of his roles where he's done like the more serious, um, like dramatic, where like the acting is more on point. I've mostly seen his, like, I'm a charming love interest. In this, you know, romantic comedy type of stuff. Yeah. I've, I've seen him play Batman. Oh,
0: God. I think I have, too, but I was, I was young, so. And even then,
1: I knew it was terrible. All right. I can't remember much aside from, like, him smiling as Bruce Wayne. Uh, he played Bruce Wayne well. I've seen
0: Oh, Brother, Where Art Thou? And actually, I love that movie, so I'll give him that. I've okay. seen Ocean's 11. Mm-hmm. I've seen Ocean's 12, which was not good, but sure. that wasn't his fault. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've really seen much else of his. Yeah, that's that's basically it. Okay. <laughs> Just almost nothing. <laughs> I thought his performance in this was good. Yeah, he was good in this. I, again, it was small and I didn't have to see his face and I didn't have people talking to me about how Well, actually, I guess, no, Ground Control did talk about how much they enjoyed him and how much they were going to miss him. Ugh.
1: (laughs) I like that they picked a mature actor for it, Mm -hmm. because part of his thing is he's telling all these stories, and you have to have time to rack up that many stories. Oh, I just remembered I have seen The Men Who Stare at Goats. That one's also really good and
0: hilarious. He's good in that.
1: Yeah, I haven't seen that one or the Oh Brother, that
0: one. Apparently, I enjoy him in comedies where he's not a love interest, where he's Mm. just being a goofball. Okay. I'll have to check those out. I'd completely forgotten about The Men Who Stare at Goats. That one was ridiculous. Although, Kevin Spacey's (laughs) in
1: it, so I don't know that I can ever watch it again. That sucks. Yeah. Anything else? No, I think that's it. Oh, one last thing I was going to say about Matt Kowalski. Mm -hmm. I liked that, um, aside from using flirtation as a way to, like, get their attention, mm-hmm. there was no actual, like, chemistry, love interest potential Yeah, going yeah. on. Which is, like, um,
0: proven in the fact that they don't even know what each other looks like. Yes. <laughs> I enjoyed that.
1: Yeah. Um, so, he... It, I really get the sense when he makes the comment, too, about, like, you know, I know people find me very attractive, but you're going to have to stop staring at me. So that, like, I think that was his attempt at, like, breaking her out of her panic. Yeah. And it wasn't actually him being, you know, arrogant. It was, you know, I have to try and, like, calmly charm her through this because our lives are at stake. Yeah. Uh, so I, I liked that. Yeah. I I was surprised that he died so
0: early. I guess what I from what I remember from the mm-hmm. like uh advertising campaign, it seemed mm-hmm. more
1: like they stayed in contact for longer even though he was drifting away. Yeah, I was kind of expecting him to be like this voice yeah. talking her through it. So, I was surprised when he was just like gone. Yeah. But see, even that, like, she gets what she wants, like, this isolation. And then, you know, when she comes to that acceptance point, realizes that this isn't what she wants. Like, she wants someone to talk to, to say a prayer for her, to know what she's going Mm -hmm. through. Yeah, it was so well done.
0: it was. If it was less stressful, I would be okay with watching it again. But as is, I'm probably never going to. (laughs) I would watch it again. Um, I I was watching on my computer and I had to keep like switching to a different
1: thing sometimes because I was like, I can't, I can't, I can't. I naturally like to do things while I watch movies. Mm. so like I was like folding laundry and and moving around, which helps. I should have done that. I
0: have a lot of laundry to put away <laughs> yep. Yeah but no, I ended up scrolling through Tumblr for a bit of it because I was like, nope, can't do this. Mm-hmm. I'm glad I didn't see it in theaters. I would have stressed eating way too much popcorn and M&Ms.
1: <laughs> um, yeah. Recommendations? Uh, fold laundry while watching movies. <laughs> All right. No, I don't really have anything in particular this week, I don't think. Okay. Um, see,
0: I saw four really good movies this week. Um, so I don't even know. You know what? I'm going to recommend the one that isn't really talked about. Um, it was a new movie on Netflix based on a book called The Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Pie Society. Uh, yes. And is about how reading and a book club brought people together and got them through Uh, Nazi occupation during World War Two, and how reading in general Mm. can bring people together. And it was really good. And the book was really good, too, if you wanted to read it. Um, Mm -hmm. But, uh, I mean, Crazy Rich Asians was also amazing.
1: Oh, I want to see that one. I want to see Crazy Rich Asians. I was having a moment with my coworker, who is um, from Hong Kong. I mean, he came here Mm -hmm. as a child. And he just turned 25, and he was like, everyone's making a big deal about Crazy Rich Asians. And so I was like, how old were you in 1994? And he was like, I was one. And I was like, that's the last time a film of this like magnitude came out with a, an Asian cast like this. And he was like, what? <laughs> I was like, yes. It is a big, big yeah. deal. So it was
0: amazing, and everybody in it.
1: I'll recommend everyone to see it. So pretty,
0: <sighs> it looks and amazing. It was so good, and it made me really want to go to Singapore. Except it's a seventeen-hour flight, so ugh, I don't know. I don't know.
1: That is a. L- I I like that you checked out the flight times. Um, a friend <laughs> of mine was there recently, so I I just asked okay. the people who I went to see it with actually
0: were there recently. Ah, uh, okay, gotcha. So.
1: Everybody likes a 17 hour flight. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't mind it just as an adult. Yeah. But uh, bringing children along would be a different experience. I I wouldn't
0: mind it if I was flying first class like they do in the movie.
1: Mm. Because
0: they have their own little compartment and their seats become Mm -hmm. beds. And Mm -hmm. that's nice. But otherwise, no thank you. Mm-hmm. Nine hours is enough for me, which is the longest flight I've ever been on.
1: I think I've. 11 is the longest I've been on. Is that Japan? Yeah. All right. I think we're good. Yeah. Now, in two weeks' time, we will be recording our next episode, and we are scheduled to have another Nerdfest episode. Mm-hmm. And then, two weeks after that, we will be recording about the. Uh, premiere of enterprise i'm super looking forward to that if we have any enterprise super fans out there who want to come and guest on the show for that let us know uh we would love to have you on otherwise i will try and be the the most positive trek fan about it that i can be question um in continuing our
0: pilot theme Mm-hmm. do we mm-hmm. want to then watch the discovery pilot again oh that could be fun yeah sort of taking a, a look back at it now that we've a watched all these other pilots and b finished season one
1: mm-hmm. yeah i think that could be all really right.
0: fun cool. also michelle Yale. yeah who is in crazy Rich Asians, fyi and is amazing yes <sighs> i love
1: her anyways sorry okay we can be okay. done now okay uh thank you for listening if you have questions or comments, movie suggestions you would like to share, you can contact us. Our email is a command at gmail.com. Our Twitter is at command of her and we have an Instagram account, instagram.com/a command of her own. Uh, if you want to follow along and play along with the Star Trek crossword clues I've been posting, I'm doing those mainly on our Twitter account now with the hashtag Star StarTrekCrossword. Yep. Yeah. I've been getting a lot of alerts about that. It's been fun. For me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Alright, so we'll see you all next time. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Uh, oh. Been- Teresa. <laughs> Do we want to sign off or just go with bye? (laughs) Uh, We can sign off. I've been
1: Caitlin. (laughs) I've been Jen. Bye. Bye. I felt like my first time I said that sounded kind of sarcastic.
0: I have that problem a lot, too, when I say things genuinely and then people look at me and I'm like, no, I, I really meant that. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm sarcastic 90% of the time and I don't know how to turn it off.
1: Mm-hmm.